Welcome to All In. I'm Rick Jordan. Today I'm the CEO of a large technology company, but in 2007, I lost it all. And now I'm here to share the lessons I've learned and the strategies my guests have used to build success from the bottom up. And in every episode, you'll get something to reach for and something to grab onto. Whether it's personal development, business, technology, or giving back, you'll be able to ignite the spark in your life to make that change and transformation so 10 years down the road from now, You'll be able to look back and say, I don't even know that person that I was. I'm so glad I decided to rise. I'm so glad I decided to stand up and actually begin to start to ignite the spark, to go all in. Hey, welcome back to All In with Rick Jordan. I am Rick Jordan, and I'm really pumped about this episode today because I have Naveen Jain on with me. Hi. Hi, how are you, Rick? I'm really, really well, my man. How about you? I'm doing absolutely amazing. I love it. I love it. Why today are you amazing? Because I'm sure you're amazing every day, but why today? Uh, but first of all, I'm here with you. Uh, but, oh, thanks. Uh, but the fact is I wake up in the morning feeling this li- the life we are living is absolutely, every day is an amazing day. It really is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Have you always felt that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you wake up in the morning and you don't jump out of the bed, you should do something different with your life than what you're doing. Right on. Yes. If you don't love what you do, change what you do, right? Yeah. Yes. Right on. That that so applies to pretty much everybody that's out there. How There have been times in my life to where I felt that way, to where, man, I don't want to get up today. I don't want to go to work today. Why? <laughs> Well, I just said happiness really is a choice you make every single day. And the choice is sometimes is in terms of do you want to be happy or not happy. And to large extent, yeah. you get to decide every day what you want your day to be like. If you don't want to be happy, there could be a hundred reasons you can think of irrespective of where you are in life that your life just sucks, right? Mm-hmm. You could, you know, you could be in a you know, having a G5. And you could still suck your life because Larry Page is doing 740, right? Yes. So point is, you could look at a house and say, my God, my house is only 20,000 square foot house. And look at Bill Gates' house, that's 100,000 square foot. My life sucks, right? <laughs> and you can find reasons to be just your life, why your life sucks. Or you could just get up in the morning and say, you know what? My God, my I'm healthy. My, when I get up, my joints don't hurt. I love the person I'm sleeping next to. How amazing this life is. And you can be happy. That's awesome. That's awesome. My uncle, who's in his 70s, was telling me the same thing. He's like, you know what? I get up and my joints don't hurt. He was attributing it to a supplement at the time. He's like, I've taken this every day for 20 years, and I think this is why. But he was just happy that his yeah. joints don't hurt. Yeah. When he has siblings like my mother, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whose joints do hurt. Yeah. You know, that's, that's fantastic. And uh, I know that... You're the head of Viome mm-hmm. also, and you st- started going into this, hey, I wake up and I feel healthy. You know, I just took my test yeah. wow. about, about a month ago, and I got the results back, and it was mind-blowing. Tell me uh, what was it? That was, what was yeah. mind-blowing about it? <laughs> there was t- the thing that blew my mind the most is that I had two plant-based viruses just hanging out in my gut. One was from rice, huh. and, uh, yeah, and the other was from melons. You, know, you must be eating a lot of rice and melon, I suppose. Uh, you know, I, I love sushi, my man. There you go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my son, he and I, we just love cantaloupe. That's yeah. one of our favorite things. But I guess there's plant-based viruses that just love to attach onto those mm-hmm. things. And it was causing inflammation. And I had been having stomach cramping yeah. for a couple of weeks and everything. Of course, I met everyone here yeah. on the team at CMG. And they said, oh, well, you have to let me talk to you about Naveen. Let me talk to you about Viome. You know, and I've talked about it a couple of times, but hearing it from your mouth would be amazing. 
amazing because this is something that I, I think everyone needs to have. Well, Rick, you know, the first of all, we live in this society where the medical industrial complex only makes money when we are sick. And no one makes money when we are healthy. That's and I'm horrible. not, yeah. I don't really care whether they're bad people or good people, but the incentives are completely misaligned. They are. Right? A system that believes when you have a chronic disease that they now have just gotten a lifetime subscriber, mm -hmm. there's something wrong with that picture. Where no one cares about when you have a chronic disease to cure it because they make more money from you from the rest of the rest of your life. They want to suppress the symptom rather than understand what is going on. And to me, that just didn't feel right. So I set out and saying, you know, I don't know how, but we got to be able to live in a world where being sick can actually be a matter of choice, not a matter of bad luck. Yes. Because there's no reason for us ever to be sick. And people talk about that, you know, the human genes, that your genes are your destiny. And you know, it occurred to me that DNA from the time you're born to the time you die are largely identical, right? That's what they call it's your fingerprint, right? Right on. So, but how is it somewhere along the lines you get sick and your DNA hasn't changed? You don't wake up one day and say, honey, I was out with the boys last night. I think I might have caught diabetes. Maybe my DNA changed, <laughs> right? Your DNA has not changed. You don't catch these yeah. things. You develop these diseases over a period of time. And if you develop them over a period of time, there is no reason we can't prevent them and we can reverse them. And that was fundamentally our belief that chronic diseases can be prevented and reversed. And better yet, what if you don't need a drug? What if food was the only medicine you needed? And what if you understood what is happening inside your body at a level so deep that it is a biochemical thing. And once it is biochemical, you know how to change this chemistry. Mm -hmm. And then you can see what nutrients this body needs that will change the biochemical activities into something that will take the thing that is in dysbiosis and bring into homeostasis, which is really a healthy thing, right? Absolutely. So if you can digitize your body at a molecular level, and you can basically now it becomes a math and a chemistry problem. Math is simply a bunch of AI that looks at what's going on, and chemistry says, this is what the chemistry is, this is what it needs to be, you know how to get from here to there. And that's literally what we set out to do. And you know, anytime you have an audacious problem like that, amazing things happen. Mm -hmm. Number one thing that happens is the world's best people want to work on the most audacious problem. That's right. fantastic, right. yes. That means if you want to solve a small problem, it takes a lot longer and, it, and mediocre people join you. If you say, I am going to change the way people live their life, I'm going to change the education system, I'm going to change, disrupt the healthcare system, I'm going to disrupt the automotive industry, I'm going to disrupt the real estate industry, the world's best want to come and solve that problem, right? And that is exactly what happened. The best mm -hmm. talent in the world wants to work on the toughest problem that there is out there. And that's why it becomes so easy for you to start finding great talent. And when you find a great talent, a problem that looked difficult becomes really, really easy. Well, they're mission-driven. That's amazing. I'm blown away. Absolutely. I, I'm thinking as you're talking here, I need to connect you with one of my good friends who's the functional medicine doctor at the yeah. White House. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, you know, the, as I said, functional medicine, that's yeah. really what you're talking about. And kind uh, of. Yeah, but so, the information that yeah. arms it, right? So the functional yeah. medicine, to some extent, like, you know, if you look at traditional MD, they're very compartment compartmentalized. Oh, yeah. So they are subcomponent. I deal with kidney. Yep. I deal with heart. I deal with this, pancreas. And I don't really care as long as I fix your kidney and your heart gets screwed up. You go talk to a heart doctor. That's not my problem. Yep, yep, right? right on. Functional medicine person does look at the holistic body. But the unfortunate part of this still is that they don't have the detailed information what's happening inside the body. Sure, sure. And that is really what the exponential technology is now allowing us to do, which is, is to see at a deep level what is going on. Who would have thunk that, you know, 10 years ago that you could look at the gene expression of what's going on in your body? Not the genes, what is being expressed, yes. right? Could have never thought that was possible. Nobody would have thought you could take it, you know, multiple petabytes of data and you can analyze it. There were no computers big enough to store it, sure. not power enough to be able to analyze it. You needed a supercomputer just to figure out. Now, you and I and somebody sitting in a garage can fire up 100 uh, GPUs on Amazon Web Service and you have a supercomputer <laughs> for you, right? So imagine, when a person sitting in a garage has a power to change the world, is there a problem that can't be solved? Zero. None. Right on. Oh, that's fantastic. You're going to be geeked out about all this because when I went through my health issues a couple of years ago, I had a gangrenous gallbladder that it was like a zombie sucking life out of me. Yeah. And I had to start researching myself yeah. because to your point, the standard conventional medicine is so compartmentalized yeah. that I had to see so many individuals to try to figure out what was wrong with me. Yeah. And nobody still had the answers. Until I was sitting in an emergency room a day away from death. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if I had this. Yeah before then, and actually what made my gallbladder get to that point could have been prevented. Yeah. It's very interesting. I was at a medical hospital talking to the head of the hospital, and I was talking that how what happens in the gut, how it impacts the brain, your behavior, oh, yes. depression, yeah. anxiety, autism, you know, Parkinson's and Alzheimer. And this lady looks at me, he says, it's amazing you say that. Because every single child who comes here with behavioral issues always has a GI issues. So we send them to a psychiatrist and we send them to a GI doctor. We never thought, wait a sec, if everyone who comes with a behavioral issue has a GI issues, maybe there's something here. <laughs> maybe there's something connected. <laughs> <laughs> something connected. But GI doctor doesn't care what happens in your brain. Sure. <laughs> and the brain guy doesn't care about what happens if you're constipated. <laughs> yep, not my problem. <laughs> exactly. And Take that, some fiber. Yeah. That is, no, but my point is, he doesn't even say that. Yeah. He said, your brain is effed up, I'm gonna give you yeah. drugs for ADHD and anxiety and depression, and by the way, you may become suicidal, but that's just a side effect. <laughs> <laughs> by the way. <laughs> your GI guy says, you know what, your gut is not doing well, I really don't know why you have these other brain symptoms, that is not my problem. <laughs> that's, that's horribly funny, yeah. <laughs> that's the only way to describe that, oh my gosh, wow. So the test that I took, I, I really feel like everyone should take this, but it wasn't even the things that I'm not supposed to eat that blew my mind on this, it was all the superfoods. Yeah on there, everything that I should have every single day in abundance, because exactly what you're saying. You know, 
have you ever woken up? You might not have. I don't know, because yeah. you're a lot smarter than I am in this period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where you've had this brain fog. Yeah. You know, you just yep. couldn't pierce through the day to yep. try to yep. concentrate on anything. Yep. And that's exactly what you're talking about, right? So, the, you know, the beauty of the thing is there is no such thing as universally healthy food. And sure. this misnomer of, you know, people saying, I eat healthy. What do you really mean you I eat healthy? And to them, well, well I eat spinach, I eat kale, sure. and I'm eating apple. And those may be exactly the things that are actually making you sick, yeah. right? Because it's not that spinach is healthy. Spinach is healthy for some people. For other people, the oxalate in spinach actually causes kidney stone and inflammation. Wow. Right? Because it has a lot of oxalate. Unless your gut microbiome can produces enzyme to detoxify, you're going to have that problem. Sure. So point is, every one of these things that you may think are healthy may be healthy for one person and unhealthy for someone else. The trick is to know what is inside your gut and what is healthy for you, right? And what we do is not only tell you what's happening inside your gut and the food you need to eat and the food you should avoid, we tell you why. We don't just simply tell you, don't eat this somehow, this is voodoo magic. We tell you exactly (laughs) why you should not eat it based on science. Because if you're not leading with science, people don't believe it. Believe it, right? And that's what we do. Everyone, if you click on the recommendation, it tells you why. Yeah, oh, right? absolutely. Right? Yeah. And that is, to me, is really the fundamentally why people change behavior. So if you want to change people's behavior, you give them a reason to change their behavior. What made you start thinking down this route to provide this kind of solution? Because it's something that I keep saying it that everybody needs. When did you wake up and, and just say, wow. If only we could just give everyone the answers and we could change lives this way. Yeah, it is, I think, comes down to the, it's not about me having the answer. It is about, as an entrepreneur, your job is not to have the right answer. Your job is to have the right question. Yes. Right? I am so with you. Yeah. What question are you asking? Right. So in my, you know, I have another company that does space exploration and that's going to the moon. And the idea is to really create a multiplanetary society about how can we live on a planet other than planet Mm -hmm. Earth. And everyone will say, oh, that is impossible. That's difficult because how are you going to grow the food on the moon? Right. And. I say that's the wrong question to ask. Instead of asking how do we grow the food on the moon, what if we were to ask why do people eat food? Yeah. Because once you ask that question why people eat food, the solutions are very different than how do you grow the food on the sure. moon, right? Same thing was happening on the health side. Once I realized that there are tens of thousands of research papers that are clearly showing whether it is cognitive diseases, like as we talked about autism and Parkinson's sure. and Alzheimer's or depression, anxiety, or you look at things like diabetes or depression, autoimmune disease or cancer, they're all connected to the gut microbiome. The first question I thought was, oh my God, <clears throat> if everyone knows this is connected to gut microbiome and every there are tons of microbiome company, why is this problem not getting solved? I am not the smartest guy, so I got to be the dumbest guy because it's not getting solved. Until I realized that the question they were asking was the wrong question. Everybody in the space was asking what organisms are in the gut. And they thought once they find out just like what DNA does, they would solve the human's health problem. And hmm. we knew after sequencing human DNA problem never got solved and come back yeah, to it. Yeah. Same thing, 
as long as you're looking at what organisms are there, you will never solve the problem. So I said, what if you were to ask a different question? What are these organisms producing? Oh, wow. Right. And that changes everything because body doesn't care who is doing it. Body cares about what is being done to it. Sure. What's inside right? of me? How do I get it out? <clears throat> That's it. Yeah. And that simple change of question got us down the path of understanding not the genes, not the DNA, but to understand the gene expression because what changes when you get sick is expression of the genes, not the genes in themselves. So, and that, just that question, we say, I know what we need to do, I just don't know how. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you make a public commitment. So I went on a national TV and I said, you know, I want to create a world where illness can be optional. And I really believe the only way to do that is to understand what is going on inside the body at a biochemical level. What if we understood what the microbiome is producing, not who they are? Yes. Amazing things happen. Every single person starts saying, I know how to do that. And I, instead of me searching for the best talent, instead of me looking for the needle in that haystack, needle jumped and came to me. And say, here I am, take me, take me. Right? And that is the beauty of the thing is, it is you yes. never have to look for the needle in haystack, needle comes to you. That's wonderful. Oh my goodness! You you started hitting on entrepreneurialism also, you know, and I love that because I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur myself. You know, I'm all in in everything that I do. Having the right question, I'm I'm hearing from you is so key to that. And then when you have that right question, you start to attract the talent to you. You know, and I've there's this thought before we were going to do the show that I had because in order to do all these things. You know, you have to have money in order to do these things. You have to have money to do the research. You have to have money for the talent because the talent's not going to work for you for free. Actually, right? that you'll be surprised. Actually, neither the money nor the talent becomes an issue when you're solving an audacious problem. Oh, sure. They come to you. Right? They come to yeah. you and they're willing to work on that tough problem because they all are extremely successful sure. people because they are the best in the world and the best people don't need to work for money anymore. The head head of IBM Watson Research, yeah. who is making a million dollars a year, comes and works for us for 100K. Because he doesn't need huh. to work for money. He needs to work on the toughest problem. right? And that's the amazing part. Money will come to you because now, not only you have an audacious mis mission, yeah. you yeah. have an audacious team. So as the team got assembled to work on this problem, every venture capital say, I want to invest in that team. Oh, right on. Right. So money came to you, talent came to you, all of that because you set out to solve a problem that's worth solving. That's beautiful. And I, I wanted to get into a little bit about how to raise capital, you know, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that think that they have an answer to something. And notice I specifically said they yeah. have an answer yeah. to something. Yeah. They're not worried about the question, but they feel like they have a solution that they want to present to the world. And they, they always say, well, it's hard for me. Where do I start? Where do I raise capital? The thing is, when you start with the answer, that fundamentally is like having a solution looking for a problem. Yes. Rather yeah. than having a problem to solve. So you should always start, are you selling an aspirin or are you selling a vitamin? Mm -hmm. Right, vitamin is. I got this thing. I think is might be good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and you, can, but everybody says I don't need it. Yep. When you have a pounding headache, you are looking for someone to give you that aspirin. So that headache, pounding headache, is 
the bigger problem. So what is that problem people have where their the head is pounding and you got an aspirin in hand? Sure. All they have to know is you got an aspirin, they'll knock on your door. Right? <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, a lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the startups that think that they have these big ideas, that, that's what I feel like. They're knocking on doors saying, do you have this problem? Do you have this problem? Do you have this problem? I've got an answer. I've got an answer. But they're starting in the wrong place. And second part of the thing is a lot of the entrepreneurs start a business to make money. And you know, I'm not opposed yeah. to making money, don't get me wrong. No, money is important. Money <laughs> is very important. If you want to do the small good in the world, you do nonprofit. If you want to do large good in the world, you do for profit. So I'm all over. Right there. But yes. But here's the best right part. Right on. <laughs> making money can never be the goal. Making money is always the it. byproduct of the things you do. Yeah. And the most people don't understand the concept or I'll tell them in the way they understand. Yeah. Making money is like having an orgasm. You never get it if you focus on it. <laughs> you only have to just get it when you enjoy the process. Sure. Right? So do the things you enjoy and the great things happen to you. That's fantastic. I always say serve first and the money will follow. Yeah. If you're focused on serving, everything will be there for you, everything and you need. This, I mean, the last thing I just want to hit on is yeah. before you do something, you have to have a moonshot. You have to have something that actually yes. makes you wake up in the morning. So know what is your moonshot. If you don't have a moonshot, find something that you care enough. Mm -hmm. And the way to do that is the two ways I have been able to figure out how to find your moonshot. Ask yourself, what are you willing to die for and then live for it? And the second thing is to ask yourself that if you have everything you want in your life, a billion dollars, a loving family, everything you want, what would you do? And if you do that today, you will get everything that you want. So it's always is what is your heart telling you to do when you have everything that you don't you want, and that's what you should be working on. Oh my goodness, yes, that's fantastic. I uh, I wrote a book last year called Situational Ethics, yeah. and I, the overarching statement in that was ethics are always an economic proposition, yeah. and that's because most are not looking at it the way that you are. Yeah. I mean, you're you're speaking straight to my heart today yeah. because they will think, oh, I need to go after the money. You know, but then they start to make wrong choices because that's their motivation. Mm -hmm. And then they cross over the line of ethics into some bad territory. And there's always that thing, you know, you can never be 99% honest. Oh, yeah. Once you go down that slope, it is a rolling downhill yep. at that point, right? It's only a matter of time then you cross that yes. line, right? So it's better to stay that actually true to who you are and true to the values that you care about. And you make sure that everyone in the company understands what those values are. And you know, there has never been a time in the human history where individuals and a small group of people are capable of solving the problems that only could be solved by superpowers. That means entrepreneurs, individuals are going to be the next superpowers. Yes. Right. So the, I wrote a book called Moonshots, and that was fundamentally about how do you create a world of abundance? Because we somehow are living in this world of a scarcity, in this world where people believe things have value because there is not enough of it. Mm -hmm. What if you think about a world where there is so much of it that it is freely, democratically available to everyone? Yes. Like air. Air is a great example we never fight over. We all could be in the same room and we never slap the person next to us and say, <laughs> you're breathing my air. Sure. 
Why is that? Is <laughs> because we believe it's an inherently abundant, right? What if the energy could be the next air? What if the food could be the next air? What if the water could be the next air? Everything that we fight over the land, what if the land could be so much that everybody could have enough of it, right? And that to me, once you get into that mindset, you start thinking about nothing is scarce, so what are we worried about? So you start to focus on things. What would you do when everything is abundant? You don't work for things that are scarce. No, anymore. not at all. Right. So anyway, that's to me is really the yeah. way of living. You trans. I would say, would you agree? That you would transition from taking or trying to go after things to just giving and focusing on what you can do for others. And yeah, and that is actually what is about. I mean, to me, most people I believe have become parasite. And the true definition of a parasite is when you are taking some more than you are giving, yeah. that is yeah. a parasite. So ask yourself, am I a parasite on humanity? Am I taking more from the society than I'm giving? And if the answer is yes, every day you should call yourself a parasite because that's who you are. Sure, sure. What would you say to the person that just feels, oh, you know, I... I have young kids. My maybe my husband just left me. You know, so everything I have to go after just it's always a struggle. You know, how do I break this? You know, so the, I don't want to be a parasite, but I have to do what I have to do right now. At least I feel to make my ends meet. Yeah. So remember, there's everybody has tough life in oh, their yeah. own world, right? Even the people who are rich, they just have different problems. Doesn't mean they don't oh, yeah. have problems. Right on. So problems never go away. It's only the set of problems are different, right? Even though you may have three kids and you think you're only living in a 2,000 square feet house and you know you just don't, you only have two jobs. Now look at a person who is homeless, yeah. has four kids and don't have a place to sleep on. Don't even know where the next meal is coming from you are substantially better off. So don't you yes. ever think that your life sucks, right? You have to always feel that I am blessed. The minute you start to feel gratitude and feel blessed, amazing things happen. That's a mind shift. Right? It's the mind shift when it yes. changes to the people and people feel I am grateful. Suddenly your idea of the, why me, people think, Oh my God, I have so much why me. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever look around? I know I do, and I'm so grateful for what I have because it's like, how did I get to this point? You know, and you look back and you can articulate several things, but do, do you feel that gratitude every day? I know I do. It's well, I, I actually twice a day think. God, if I may yes. say so, because I am you know, a spiritual Always. and um, religious person, I believe. I am a trustee of God's kindness. Yes. And God has given us these things as a trustee to do things that he wants us to do. And the day we don't do what he or she expects us to do, then he says you're not a good trustee and he takes what he has given you and gives it to someone else. And then you complain, why did I lose everything? Because you were a bad trustee. Yes, absolutely. When you're faithful with little, he will trust you to be faithful with much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also a spiritual person. <laughs> That's fantastic. You feel me up When you say he, why do you, how, why do you believe it's what? a he? Squirrel. That's just what <laughs> resonates with everybody, you know? But I think, you know, imagine. Who really knows? It could be a she. So you always have to give that benefit of doubt. It is, if I'm a batting man, 
which I'm a man yeah. and batting man, I would say it's probably a she yeah. because she's so generous <laughs> and kind and smart. Yes, because we're men and we understand that we're not. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> what's, uh, you know, we've talked about so much today. What's one thing that, because I love, there's so much that we've given out today and our, my listeners, I always challenge them to extract one thing that they can grab onto, but I like to give them a head start too. Sure. So I would say, you know, dream so big that people think you're absolutely crazy and never be afraid to fail because you only fail when you give up. Everything else is simply a stepping stone to a different idea, bigger idea, and you pivot, you never fail, you never give up, right? So dream big, never be afraid to fail, and go out and live your dream and find your own moonshot. Oh, I love it, I love it. Then a personal question, if you don't mind. Yeah. What, because I'm interested, what today or in the past week or whatever has you super excited for what you see in the next year or two in your own life? I tell you what, I feel that next 10 years will fundamentally change the trajectory of how humanity is going to live. I absolutely believe in the next 10 years, we will not have chronic diseases. People will not be suffering from or dying from cancer or heart disease or diabetes or obesity or any of these chronic diseases. You will never lose your memories because you have dementia mm. or Parkinson's. You will never have Alzheimer's. You will never ever have to suffer. And that's the world that is going to happen because our generation is the first generation that has a shot at fixing it. And our generation will never give up until they win. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you on social media? I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. So you can find me on any social media. That's fantastic. And you have a podcast too. Yeah. It's called Moonshots. Right? Squirrel. It is. It's called okay. Moonshots, and you can find it on iTunes and Spotify Everywhere. and every place where you can find the podcast. Awesome. Google Play, wherever you want to find it. I love that. Everywhere. Find Naveen Jane everywhere. That's the bottom line. Find, find me on Moonshots. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. What yeah. a pleasure. Thank Same you. here. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message. Oh, I'm sorry. Go for it. Yeah. And you have a podcast, too, that just I, launched, right? I sure do, as yes. a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it. I can't do it. Okay. okay. <laughs>